three. You're listening to Sports Talk Chicago with your host, John Zaglul. John, I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. You got an awesome voice, man, and that was a terrific <laughs> intro. You're like a pro's pro. You know, that was the first time somebody ever said that, John. No, you're the first person to ever say anything like that. That's, that's very interesting. You got it, John. Anything for a fellow Chicago guy? <laughs> well, what a great question. That's a great question. Nobody's actually asked me that. <laughs> I like it. What a great question. I never heard that before. Chase, wait, wait, Chase Utley is what? You're saying he's not a Hall of Fame candidate? You know, it's it's funny. I, I, You may be the only person that I've heard make that connection. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm doing great. By the way, you have an outstanding voice. I'm not sure about your face because I haven't met you, but your voice is great. You're doing a much better job than I ever did. You've had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too, man, so keep up the good work, but it's good to be with you, and I'm ready to talk sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports on Chicago. My name's John Zaglou, and great to have you here. On today's edition of the program, the Bears have a new GM. Brian Poles has been hired. We'll break it down in just a moment. Plus, a brand new interview today with Brandy Mueller, the former NFL GM and the 2000 NFL Executive of the Year. We talk with him about the Bears' hiring process, who Brian Poles is, and what to expect from him in his tenure here in Chicago. That comes up near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zagluel. If you want to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, sportstalkchicago.com. I want to start today with this question. Out of the past four Bears GMs, how many of them had prior experience? Jerry Angelo, Phil Embry, Ryan Pace, Ryan Poles. How many of them had years as a GM before coming in? Trick question. Answer zero. I'm not saying Ryan Poles is going to be bad. Don't stop watching or stop listening. I'm just saying, not a coincidence. Not a coincidence as to why that happened. You know, you would think after Ryan Pace, you'd bet better. You'd look for people with experience. Bears didn't do it. Just something to consider. They want a yes man. They've always wanted a yes man. Reports indicate that Poles is different. Maybe he is. I don't know. But I just find that funny. Years and years of Brian Pace and mediocrity. Years and years of Phil Emery and mediocrity. And you find another guy with no experience. With Bill Polian helping to lead your search. Give me a break. That said, I'm not disappointed in this hiring. Many of you might be expecting some long tirade, and there's no need yet. There's no need. I'm not mad about this hiring. I'm not totally opposed to it. The Bears made a move that seems to be okay. We'll talk about what Poles has done and who he is. Doesn't seem to be horrible, but I'm right down the middle here. You saw my poll on YouTube community. If you haven't, go check it out. I asked, what do you think of Brian Poles? Great hire, cautiously optimistic, bad hire. The overwhelming majority was cautiously optimistic. That's where I am, too. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a great hire. So a lot of people talking about that. And, you know, 
It just gets me mad because you don't know. You don't know how good he's going to be. Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything about him yet. And to prove it, I'm going to read you some tweets about when Ryan Pace was hired. Here's Albert Breer. Rival exec on the Bears hire Brian Pace. Excellent. Coaches love him. Good pro guy. Hard worker. Very conscientious. Really? Jake Laser. Ryan Pace is a fantastic hire by the Bears. He's been ready for years, but always wanted to wait for his dream spot. Great move. That's my point. You're going to hear everybody in the national local media count this as a great move. Everybody. What are they going to do? Say no? A lot of these people are beholden to the Bears. They either need press credentials, or they need sources to still be on their side. I don't do that. I'm not going to sit here and pull that on you. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what he's going to do. Look, great years in Kansas City. Was the director of pro scouting when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. That's really his claim to fame here, other than building up the old line in Kansas City. That's it. Not saying it's bad. The guy's a Super Bowl winner, already has a ring. Played an integral role in what KC did. Been there a long time, too. Outlasted three different GMs. And at 36, got hired. Pretty impressive, to say the least. But again, we don't know. We don't. And I will say this. We'll start to know based on the coach. That's when we'll start to know. There's been a report that came out about Ryan Poles. Apparently, there was one condition he gave to being hired. Quote, from what I was told by somebody who I think would know, he told them, okay, here's the deal. I'm doing the interviews, and I'm making the calls. Don't tell me who Bill Polian wants, who Ernie Acorsi wants to hire, or who Virginia McCaskey wants. I'm picking my head coach, or I'm getting on a plane to Minneapolis. Love that. Absolutely love that. If that's true, love it. It's been reported. If that's going to be his attitude, I think he's going to do great here. Because for once, he gets a chance to be himself. Make moves on his own and either do great or totally flop. It's going to be all on him. See, we've seen in the past too many times, and that's why I brought up the no experience at GM thing, they're all beholden to the McCaskies or Ted Phillips or whomever is in that front office, which is a joke. This could be different. And it all starts with the head coaching hire. As of right now, the finalists are still the same. Apparently. Jim Caldwell, Matt Eberflus, Dan Quinn. This is Poles' first big decision. And he has to make the right one here. GM, head coach, got to be on the same page. Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, not necessarily. That partially led to their collapse last season and the year before with Mitch Trubisky. So this is a big first step for him to cement his legacy here in Chicago, to cement what he's going to do come next year for this team. Hope he gets it right. I'm sorry. If you came to this channel, if you came to this video and expected some big rah-rah cheerleading-type spectacle, you're not going to get it telling you the truth. We don't know anything about him. Good resume for sure. And if this quote is correct, I like the guy. I like the fact that he's going to stand up to management, stand up to the McCaskies. I'm all for it. But the fact is, I want to see results. 
I'm not going to blame myself, nor do I blame anybody else for waiting to see results. So a couple of people saying, well, this is Brian Pace part two. Could be right. Brian Pace, young guy, no experience, got hired, gone. Brian Poles, young guy, no GM experience. Who knows what can happen? The one difference, which is true, and this was pointed out to me yesterday, as far as Brian Pace goes, he was a director of player personnel for one year in New Orleans before he left. Poles, he's been around with the Chiefs for a long time, 12 years. Went up through the ranks. Different. Well, Poles hasn't always been the executive director of player personnel of the Chiefs. He worked his way up, starting as the player personnel assistant in 2009 and ascending to the director of college scouting. He was the director when KC drafted Patrick Mahomes. That's his claim to fame, and there's nothing wrong with that. Look, nobody knew who Patrick Mahomes would be. Nobody really knew. He didn't. He took a shot. He won. Part of that's good scouting. Part of it's luck. The Bears had a chance to draft Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I mean, if Brian Pace took Deshaun Watson, I don't think he'd be fired. Even with the sexual assault allegations, wouldn't be fired. Played well. Sometimes it's all about swinging the bat and seeing what happens. And I'm all for that. That's fine. I mean, this guy has enough credentials to justify being hired. The question is, can he keep his job? Can he perform? And these old credentials mean nothing when it comes to that. You have to deliver results now. And he's going to get a lot of time. I mean, Brian Pace was here for six, seven years. He's going to get a lot of time to do this. I hope he can get it right. I mean, the guy's young. Good and bad. Good. Going to have this new school mentality. Bad. Inexperience. And the real question is, how much of KC's success depended on him? I get it, director of college scouting, and they took Patrick Mahomes. Wasn't the GM. At the end of the day, he gave an evaluation. It wasn't his call. And I don't think anybody really expected Mahomes to be who he is today. So he's going to get more credit for the Mahomes drafting because of how great he is. That wasn't supposed to be his ceiling. That wasn't supposed to be who he was. And I'd love to see the scouting report he wrote up on Patrick Mahomes to see what he really thought he would be. I don't know where it is, but I'd love to know. So again, cautiously optimistic. And it's a shame, too. I really wish I could sit here and tell you, great hire, so excited, let's go. But you blame me? Can I? No. I know nothing. I know nothing about this guy. We know what he did in KC. Not a GM. No experience. Don't know. I read you the tweet. This is from Albert Breer and Jake Laser praising the Bears for getting Ryan Pace. Praising. Everyone did the same thing yesterday. Saw a tweet from Field Yates. Oh, this is not a good hire. It's a great hire. Okay. Maybe it is. We don't know. And nothing will convince me unless I see results. I'm not going to sit here and make some big prognostication claim. He's going to be great. He's going to suck. We don't know. We don't know anything. I will say this, based on this offseason, better hire a good coach, better surround Justin Fields with weapons. That's part of it. What did we say the point was as Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were fired? Somebody come in and develop Justin Fields. That's it. Well, Poles is in charge of who does that, and Poles is in charge of player personnel. He will determine who the Bears hire, how to balance the salary cap. That's all on him. 
So when we look at Justin Fields in the future, I mean, we can all agree Justin Fields at least has some potential. Could be tapped, could be untapped. It's going to fall on these two guys. It's going to fall on Poles and whomever he picks as head coach. That's what field success is going to ride on. And that, to me, that's my indicator of how good Poles is. Now, Fields is a bus, different story, but that's my indicator. He was brought in. He accepted Justin Fields, right? A lot of GMs, when they come in, they want their own thing, own quarterback, own staff, own coach. He obviously likes Justin Fields, else he wouldn't have come here. If he approves of Fields or if he sees potential, the next step is build a good team around him. Make the Bears good. Come on. <laughs> We're waiting. you got to be patient, too. I mean, this is going to be a long, dragged-out process. We'll see my interview with Brandy Mueller coming up in the second half of the show on the podcast and on YouTube, too. He talked about how he hired a head coach as a GM. Unbelievable stuff. I mean, you have to hear it or watch it. I would hope Poles is doing something similar. Here's a quote, too, from Poles from an unnamed source. He was in KC through three different GMs, and he kept on moving up the ladder despite the changes, says a lot. He was a finalist in Carolina last year, and with the Giants, Minnesota, and Chicago this year, clearly blew all four teams away. Again, good words, good praise, potentially correct. We don't know. I'm not going to be convinced unless I see results. That's it. For those of you who are cheerleading this, don't do it. You don't know yet. That's like last year when everybody wrote Ryan Pace apology letters for drafting Justin Fields. Well, guess what? He's fired now. A year after he drafted Justin Fields, fired. People writing apology letters saying, oh, I'm sorry, Ryan, for the way I treated you. Well, he sucked. He was gone. I'm not going to sit here and cheerlade when there's nothing to cheer about yet. I would hope a lot of people have that same mindset or similar one. It's not worth it. It's not worth getting crazy over this when nothing's happened. I want to see who he picks as head coach. That's a big thing for me. If he picks Dan Quinn, we got a problem. We got a problem. I don't understand the love affair with the media and Dan Quinn. Everybody loves this guy. Look at the numbers. 43 and 42. Blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, so can't coach in a big game. Fired going 0-5 midseason. Great defensive guru, 25th best defense when he was fired. Why are we conveniently forgetting about all this stuff? What are we going to do in three or four years? Matt Nagy's going to come back. Everyone's going to say, hey, he's an offensive guru. Wait, wait a minute. No. Time should not heal all wounds. Matt Nagy should never get another chance, and really, Dan Quinn shouldn't either. Great coordinator, not a head coach. Not a head coach. Apparently, Poles likes Jim Caldwell. Fan of mine, too. I like Jim Caldwell. Established, knows what he's doing, can work with quarterbacks. Likes Matt Eberflus, too. But he has no experience, either. And that would be a big problem to me. You bring in two guys who have no experience. Really? And that goes back to my open. Who do you think's really running things then? Two guys with no experience, not knowing what to do, and at the mercy of the McCaskies. And we're back at square one again. Wash, rinse, repeat, right? 
I'm just saying be level-headed when it comes to this hire. I will not sit here and say horrible hiring, bash him, crap. Oh, but I'm not going to say it's great either. I'm not going to sit here and move my pom-poms and get all happy because we don't know yet. We don't know. Your favorite NFL insider said Ryan Pace, great hire. The people we all know and trust, who know everything, who have sources, goes to show you it's a scam. Now everyone's saying, hey, great hire, so excited. We don't know. That's it. (laughs) There's no other way around it. There's no justification. There's no, well, but no, there's nothing. We don't know. And I'm fine with not knowing. I'm okay with that. Not time to know yet. I'm not going to judge somebody based off a small resume and no moves yet. You better believe I'm going to start judging you when you hire a head coach. Manage the salary cap. Sign certain guys. Get rid of guys. Field a competent team or not. Then I will judge you. Then I will say good or bad. Right now, there's nothing you can't say. And that should be the moral of this entire story. We have too many people overreacting or underreacting. I've seen a lot of people say horrible hire. How do you know? How do you know? He has no experience either. So you literally cannot say horrible hire. There's nothing to base it off of. But you can't say it's a great hire either. Why? No experience. Nothing. And has not done one thing yet with the Bears. Now, for those of you wondering, I had a lot of messages, actually. What do you think? Is this good? Are the Bears moving in the right direction? I don't know. And I'm okay with that. I don't need to know yet. And I shouldn't know. I shouldn't know a thing. No experience. You can't say he's great. can't say he's bad. Don't know. I will say this, though. Hiring a head coach is priority number one. Better get it right. I'm sick of the coaching carousel. I'm sick of Mark Crespin, John Fox, Matt Nagy. Get it right. Simple. And you have Jim Caldwell in the building. Jim Caldwell. Established veteran. You're doing something right. Get it right. Seal the deal. Then we could talk about, hey, Ryan Poles is doing something good. Manage the salary cap. Build an offense around Justin Fields. Especially in O-line, which he did in KC. See, then I could say, yes, great. But none of that's happened yet. And it won't happen for a while. we got a long way to go. So if you came here to see some big, bombastic reaction, whether it be me cheerleading or me bashing it, not going to happen. Not this time. Nope. Not going to do it. Thing I find funny... Albert Breer and Jake Glazer, I have the tweets in front of me, loved Ryan Pace, gushed over Ryan Pace. Scam. Joke. I'm not going to be put into that category. No way. Here's the funny thing, too. Everybody's going to say it's good, right? Everybody has a source. Everybody has someone who knows somebody. I know this guy. Oh, he was my college teammate. He was my roommate. Whatever. Of course they're going to say he's a good guy. Probably is. Of course they're going to say it's a great hire. What are they going to say? Horrible hire when they don't know? They look like an idiot. 
But just don't get caught up in this whole cheerleading saga. The cycle of cheerleading. Back and forth, back and forth. I would hope, if anything, the media is pretty hard on him. Just like they were on Ryan Pace, right? Shouldn't it be the same treatment? Shouldn't we be questioning the head coaching search? The way he'll build around Justin Fields? Does he believe in Justin Fields? Big question. These are things we should be asking. Not... Hey, woohoo, new GM, it's not Ryan Pace, I'm so happy. Okay, what if he's worse? <laughs> what if he's worse? We don't know. That's my take. We don't know. I have a stronger take on head coach, that's because we know a lot about these candidates. Not about him, though. We don't know a lot about polls yet. We will. Him hiring a head coach is the litmus test to start. If he gets this wrong, you're going to hear it from me. I'm not going to be happy. No. Dan Quinn should not be a head coach. I don't care how hot he is. I don't even understand why he's hot. For what? Oh, defensive coordinator for the Seahawks. Oh, defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Who cares? Head coach in Atlanta. Big-time quarterback, 43-42. Fired midseason. Goodbye, Dan Quinn. That, that should be the end of the story for him. And yet he's a finalist. I'm going to have a problem. Matt Eberflus. Not saying he's bad or good again. No experience. Jim Caldwell, super happy. And, of course, he could expand the list, polls, and interview more people. I suggest he should. In the end, though, we all want the same thing. We could debate back and forth about head coaches, GMs, how to develop Justin Fields. But we all just want to see something significant for once. The last time the Bears won a playoff game was 2010. Won a playoff game. But the NFL's founding franchise? That's ridiculous. 12 years without a playoff win. Now, the last time they made the Super Bowl was 2005-2006. So, it's not good. No matter what. We can all agree it's not good. Things have to change. This could be the start we don't know. I hope they do get better. I hope I could sit here in a year and say, hey, Ryan Poles, great hire, so happy. This team's on the up and up. But to say it now, to say it's happening, here we go, when he's done nothing of significance other than get out of his car and walk into Hallis Hall, is ridiculous. And I hope many of you will not participate in this media circus and cheerleading. More to come here on Sports Talk Chicago. My interview with Brandy Mueller comes up next, so stay tuned. Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John Zaglul, and we are back and ready for today's special guest. He's the CEO of MuellerFootball.com, host of the Football GM Podcast, and the 2000 NFL Executive of the Year, Please welcome Brandy Mueller to the program. Brandy, it's great to have you on. How are you? Thanks, John. I'm doing great. Can't complain a bit. Good to be back with you. What was your reaction to the Ryan Poles hiring for the Bears, first off? I thought it was a good hire. I think their process has been thorough. There's no doubt about that. They've interviewed a lot of people. Um, I do know that uh, Ryan's well thought of throughout the league. He's been around a while enough to collect uh, plenty of information and knowledge as to how to do the job. And he comes from a winner. So I think the the 
gene, geniality of it all makes sense. So we'll see how he does when he steps up in the big chair. But I, my reaction initially was good hire. Were you surprised? Like, did you think the Bears were going to get someone else? Um, no, not necessarily. I was a little surprised by their grouping of candidates. You know, I mean, he was one of the finalists with the Giants. I have a lot of faith. I think uh, Peters, Adam Peters is good. And I think Joe Shane is good. And those were the three finalists that the uh, Giants had. And, and I, the way I understand it, two of those three weren't interviewed by the Bears. So I thought maybe they could have included them. But I don't think you can say anything negative about the, the decision they made and, and the process that Bill Polian has helped lead through the throughout the, the last couple of weeks. How did you react when you heard about that, Bill Polian helping out? The Bears have done this in the past, as we know, a couple of times, right. and it hasn't worked out. Do you think Polian's the right guy to help with this process? Well, I think it's good to have his knowledge base for sure. I think sometimes you've got to be a little guarded in that you hope that that person or group doesn't bring their own agendas into the mix as well. You've got to go into it with an open mind. And I think for the most part, Bill's done that. I don't, you know, you, you worry that they're going to be, have already selected the guy in their mind before they even start the process because of his past. And so that's always a concern. But I think in this case, the Bears needed a knowledgeable resource. And hey, you can't go wrong with a Hall of Fame GM to be in the room when you're doing your interviews. Do the Bears reach out to you? Do they ever consider you to help or be a part of the GM search? No, not at all. I don't have any relationship with, with really other than knowing Ted Phillips for a lot of years. Uh, Bill and I have been, you know, kind of cohorts throughout our career, although he's got me by quite a few years. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no correspondence with the Bears at all. What do you know about Ryan Poles as, you know, from his time in Kansas City? What, what do you know about him as a candidate and what he brings to the table? Well, I think that the association that he has had uh, with with a program that has been to four straight AFC championship games, obviously is easy to see. And, and I've known Ryan for a little bit. Uh, we've spent a lot of time in film rooms throughout the years and college visits or around. And uh, I do think he's a guy that despite his age is mature beyond that. And I think that's what, you know, you really need to, when you get an opportunity like this and you're in your thirties, you've got, you know, uh, very few people you can count on because uh, you've got to end up at the end of the day deciding things on your own per se. And I think he's been well-schooled, well-trained. I think he's a mature personality. And I think from all I understand, uh, he'll be a good listener, which I think is an uh, undervalued characteristic of the job. Does the lack of experience as a GM concern you? I mean, some have said this could be like Brian Payne's part two. What, what do you say to that? Well, I, I don't think so. I think he spent a little more time in um, decision-making type roles. Um, I think the biggest negative with Ryan Pace was that he'd only been a personnel director for one year. Um, and he had kind of come up as a meteoric riser in the personnel end. I think Poles has been around a little longer than that. Again, here's the other thing that you just don't know. First-time GMs, it's a crapshoot, just like first-time coaches. So much of it is the organization you build around them and the people that he brings in. I think it'll be interesting to see not only a coach hire, but there's probably changes in personnel coming as well. And he's going to have to have his own people with him there. I think that was a struggle for Ryan Pace. He just didn't have a lot of connections. He didn't know a lot of people out there when he got the job. I think Poles is, is better aligned maybe a little more politically connected to where he, I think, can bring in help uh, for him that will, you know, help him decide things on a daily basis. Is this a good situation he's stepping into, do you think? 
Um, I think the two things that you, you, you hope for when you take a job like this are one, a quarterback, and it seems like they have that possibility. And two is cap room because that's your maneuverability, right? Um, I think the bears, you know, uh, have always spent close to the cap. I don't know that they've ever really pushed it to go over the cap, so to speak. So I think philosophically, um, you know, that's always been a concern there. Are they willing to spend? Are they willing to go cash over cap all in like some teams are? Time will tell. And those are the two things, really. I think they've proved they're supportive of, of who they choose for the job. I mean, Ryan got to hire three coaches, right? <laughs> I mean, nobody gets to do that. that that's, that's unheard of in this day and age. So you'd have to say that the ownership is supportive. That's for sure. What's his main objective right now? I think first and foremost, he's got to find a partner, and that's the coach. I mean, I think... Having been in his shoes, I was 39 when I got the Saints GM job, but I had 17 years in my back pocket in Seattle and had really much been in charge of that program for the three or four years leading up to it. So I had a little bit of, you know, seasoning. I had a little bit of skin uh, that was thicker, thicker skin at that point. And so that's always a concern. I think once he finds his partner, he'll find some comfort and that partner being the head coach, I think then he'll be charged with helping whoever that is hire a staff. Um, I think for the most part, he's got to get his handle on the team itself. Uh, he'll be meeting with medical people left and right, because those decisions have to be made right away. Rehab schedules. Um, I would imagine he will meet and reach out to a few players and have some one-on-one -on -one sit downs with them. I think he's going to have, uh, the biggest adjustment he's going to have is he's not going to have a lot of time to sit down and look at tape. I think that these guys that come from the personnel end, their, their prior life, they've left that behind. Now <laughs> you don't get chances to sit in a room and pick players anymore. That's not your goal. I mean, it is your goal, but it's not really how your time is going to be spent. You're going to be managing people. So he's going to get tired of talking at the end of the day. He's going to say, what have I accomplished? But he's had to work the building. He's had to lead. He's had to listen. He's had to communicate. And those are all stepped up times 10 from what he's used to doing. So there's a period of adjustment that got to start early in the morning and you'll be the last one there at night for a lot of time. That's for sure. How tough is that to know that he came from a scouting background? Like this guy, he found a lot of good players. I'm sure you did in your day too, before you became a GM. So how tough is that trade-off to leave behind film and focus more so on the entirety of the building? I think the biggest thing is it's very tough, but you need to have your guys. I think you need to have a guy or two who become your go-to evaluators just for that reason. I know I did that in, in New Orleans, especially. Um, I had guys that I brought four, guys, four or five guys with me from Seattle then on the same plane when I came to work. <laughs> so I had some guys with me that I could count on that, that could run draft meetings, that understood exactly how I wanted to do it. And so we didn't have to converse a lot. I ended up spending my time you know, managing the building, like you say, but these four or five guys that I brought with me, one was Mickey Loomis, who, who is now the longest tenured GM in the league, right? He was with me and came from Seattle with me. So these guys were, were, were well versed at how I wanted to do it and how we implemented programs. So I had those guys to lean on and that gave me a, a big advantage in that I could communicate. I could work some deals. I could work some contracts, but I also know that those guys knew their roles as well. And it sure made my job as the leader of those guys a lot easier. Randy Mueller here on Sports Talk Chicago. Randy, how do you go about hiring a coach when you were GM over in New Orleans and Miami? 
Well, I, I interviewed coaches. How about this? When I got on the plane in Seattle to go to New Orleans to take the job, I mentioned these three or four guys were with me on the plane. We stopped and trade and, and changed planes in Denver on the way. And I interviewed Gary Kubiak in a layover in Denver <laughs> airport. Really? So it's, it's already rolling. Yeah, he, it is starting. Um, I think the process of hiring a coach is something that these potential GMs always have in their mind. Um, it's not something that's going to uh, just come up out of the blue. They have a plan for it. Um, I think the valuations that they collected, that that hiring group collected before he got there, there'll be a lot of notes. There'll be a lot of comparisons. There'll be a lot of things to go back and forth on with Bill or whoever else was in that, that room doing these interviews. So he's got to get up to speed on those as well. As long and, and, and they're going to bring some guys in and meet with them face to face. So that's the biggest task he's going to have right now is hiring this coach. And, and hopefully uh, he can do that in the next few days because they got to get on hiring a staff. Was it your decision when you hired a coach? Did you have to consult with anybody else or did you make the final call? I made the final call, but I also understood there were other people's input who I wanted. I didn't really need to be told that. Um, I got input from obviously Mr. Benson in New Orleans had a lot to do with it. The guys that I brought from Seattle had a lot to do with it. Um, we conversed about this stuff 24 seven. We kind of knew I had been through a process a year earlier in that I almost left Seattle for another job in the NFL as a GM. And so I had kind of honed down a list already. So I kind of got a jump on the, the candidates who I wanted. And I had considered Jim Hazlitt back then. So one of the criteria I had was when I wanted to hire, when we decided to hire the coach, I wanted someone who would not, this sounds kind of crazy, but I, I wanted him to be able to put the rest of his life aside. And I knew it would be us for the next couple of months which means your family, everybody. And we were going 24 seven for the next couple of months. I needed that kind of a partner because I knew the task we had. Now, I don't know what Ryan Pohl's criteria is, but most of these guys are wired where it is a 24 seven gig. And so I wanted, and one of the deciding factors was when I hired Jim Hazlitt, who later that year became coach of the year and we went to the playoffs. So it was a good hire in my opinion. I needed a guy that was going to jump in and set the rest of his life aside. And I just made that a priority as one of the criteria. There were some guys that it, it bogged down. I, I knew that sometimes, and I always think about this, not to get sidetracked, but the part of the process is the process. This is hard on these coaches. These interviews are hard on them. They're juggling schedules. They're juggling talking to different people. Their phone is ringing nonstop with coaches wanting jobs with them. So I looked at it as I kind of, I wanted to stretch it out a little bit because I wanted them to be under the gun. I wanted them to have to feel the bright lights of what I was feeling. And so the, some guys handle that pressure different. There was one or two guys who really struggled and my phone was ringing. Hey, Randy, I got to know, I got to know these coaches are killing me. They want to, that's all part of the process, handle it, figure it out, you know? And so these are the kind of things within a process where you learn about people. And uh, so I, I don't know what, Ryan is going to do at the end of the day, but I know this, if he's smart, and I think he is, he will use the process as part of the process. That is very interesting. I mean, Randy Mueller here on Sports Talk Chicago. I've never heard of this before, so that's why we're having you on to get this inside <laughs> knowledge. I mean, I never knew that that's kind of how the interview process worked and how you were able to work guys in that sort of way. It's so interesting to think about. Well, I'm not sure anybody else did it. Maybe that was my simple mind, but I, I just know that if, if we're going to find out what these guys are made about on Sundays to know how it feels to be under the gun, let's put them under the gun. So even when I decided 
were kind of knew I was down to a final three, I might wait two or three days before I even call them back. Wow. Make it sweat a little bit, make it figure it out. Let's go. I mean, this is, it's not for everybody, right? NFL is hard. Everything you're going to do is hard. You're going to come into now where the spotlight's on you 24 seven. I want to glean as much information from the process as I can about you. So that's all. I just tried to make it a unique setup in that, you know, make them, make them sweat. Let's see if I can, if I can tell who's sweating the most. What do you make of the current finalists for the bears or the current guys tied to the job? Um, I think it's a good group. I think it's a diverse group. Obviously I think they know best what they didn't have before with Matt Nagy. And I think that enters in as well. Sometimes it's, I know when Nick Saban left Miami, we hired a complete opposite in personality. And that's probably a little extreme, but I also know what they think that they know in Chicago, what they were missing and why they made the change with Matt Nagy. I think the next guy will be better at that for sure. Whether that's more accountability, whether it's better game planning, whether it's managing the quarterback better, whatever. And I don't know any of these particulars about the building, but they're going to know that. And the next group or the next guy will have those characteristics if they've done a good job. Who do you think they'll hire right now? I don't know. I don't have a clue. I don't know what Ryan's criteria is. I don't know what the rest of the committee, you know, their involvement. I would think they have a criteria all picked out as to what they want. I would hope that they hire somebody with a little far reaching um, effect on the building and not just build a little small box that I think coaching has been devalued. I think GMing has been devalued to fit into a little box where everybody else in the building has their own, you know, kingdoms. I think sometimes we put coaches into a tiny little box because you're worried that they might ruffle some feathers, you know, and, and when they do that gets some people out of whack as well. I'm for hiring the best leader of men and we will work around it. That's why a guy like Brian Flores to me still, even though he ruffled some feathers in Miami, why not? I, I like being pushed. I like being questioned, you know, as long as it's done in the right way. Shoot, I worked two years for Nick Saban. I'd never been questioned more in my life, but it made me so much better, John, at my job that I think that's a criteria you've got to factor in. So, you know, I don't know what their criteria is. I don't know who they'll hire, but those are just some of the things that were important to me in hiring a coach. How do you evaluate guys who've never had coaching experience before? It's hard. It's really hard because it's a leap of faith. It, it, you think you know, but I don't know that you really know. And, and that might be one of the criteria that we know that was Matt Nagy's first head coaching job. Because of that, you may hire a guy the second time around now that has been there, done that, and there's not much learning curve. Those are the kind of characteristics I'm talking about when you got to know what's left the building and what was missing from that crew. And then when the new guy comes in, he has that in spades. So, you know, maybe that is a Jim Caldwell. Maybe that is a, somebody that's been through this before, a Brian Flores, or I don't even know who are the finalists are, but you can probably pick from that, that there's a good chance this guy's going to be a, a veteran coach. Uh, maybe it's a Dan Quinn, somebody that's been through it before, as, as opposed to another learning curve, younger guy who doesn't have a lot of perspective and experience. Did you ever interview or seriously consider somebody with no experience? I would. I would consider everybody. Um, I don't think you can eliminate guys because they don't have experience. But I think in the time that you spend with them, you can kind of sort out how much of a learning curve there's going to be. You know, is he very naive? Is he, can he appeal to a full, you know, squad? 
Um, I want to know their philosophy on all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. And I want to know that they can fix all three. I don't want to wait till the end of the season. I don't want to wait till our special teams lose a playoff game for us. I don't want to wait for any of that. I want the head coach to be able to go into the defensive meeting room if he's on offense and say, what the heck are we doing? Here's what we should be doing. So I want a guy that's going to fit and fix all three phases. And that's why I say have a bigger, a little bigger presence in the building than just an offensive coordinator per se. Let me ask you this. What's the most important quality or characteristic in looking for a coach? I think that, I think you've got to have a philosophy on all three phases. And I think you have to be unfazed when bad stuff happens because it's going to happen. Same with the GM. It's going to, bad stuff is going to happen. And you've got to be able to one, fix it and come out of it with unscathed, not, not even thinking, uh, 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 not even making a, a second note of it. So those are characteristics I think that are imperative, but they're hard to judge and find unless you've got some history with somebody or if they've been, their feet have been put to the fire and publicly you can make your own decision. What's the expectation for the Bears come next year if they could hire the right guy and have polls now as the GM? Well, I don't think this expectation should ever be anything but to make the playoffs. That's you've got to be in the playoffs or it's a failure. I think that's a fact. And they've got enough players. They've got enough young talent. They've got enough old talent that really they can add to it. And then it's up to the coach to get them to come together. So I think their expectations are definitely a, should be playoff level. And once you get in, anything can happen. So I think you've got to get in. You've got to build enough depth to, to withstand injuries because it's it, not if it's when. You're going to have those injuries. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, with high expectations. <clears throat> I think, you know, that should make us all a little more accountable every day. More to come with Randy Mueller. In just a moment, stay tuned. This is Sports Talk Chicago. Mueller still here on Sports Talk. Chicago. Randy, a few more questions before we finish up. First off, Ryan Pace, what did you make of his tenure here in Chicago? Um, I thought it was uh, really kind of who Ryan is and was. I've known Ryan since he was a young kid. I thought he took the job probably a year or two too early. Um, didn't really surround himself with the people I, I thought would make him a better GM and effective. Um, evaluating, evaluating players is one thing valuing players and deals is something totally different. And I think Ryan's a good evaluator. I think he can look at a film and tell you what he thinks. He just didn't have any background in valuing players, like to make a trade or to make a deal or to build a team. And those characteristics, John, are total different. They're evaluating is not valuing. And I don't think that gets enough attention when a GM gets a job is I know when I had, when I got the job in New Orleans, I was young, I came up through the personnel end, but I really had managed the salary cap for three years prior to it as well. I did hundreds of deals and it really helped me value players. I could evaluate them, but I could also put a value on them and, and know what it took to get them. And if it made sense, so many of these GMs now that get these jobs like Ryan, he comes from the player personnel side. Um, but they don't have any experience in contracts at all. And sometimes organizations purposely want that because they don't want the GM questioning contracts. They don't want you having your hand in a financial pot, so to speak. I think it's a giant mistake. I think that guy needs to have a prerogative to, hey, wait a second, this is too much. Why are we paying this guy? 
we should pay him this much. I don't want to look at a chart and you tell me where he fits in. I know how he fits with our team. I know what's important for us and how we need to delegate our money. I just think those conversations don't happen enough because they're so worried that he's going to hurt some feelings in his own building of whether it's cap guys or administration or whatever. But I just think a bigger, a bigger parameter or a bigger box for a GM to go in or a head coach, those are old forgotten days now. And, and we just want guys to fill little specific roles as part of a spoke on a wheel. Was that a Ryan Pace problem or a Bears problem, organizational problem? Well, it's not Ryan's fault, that's for sure. He had to develop any perspective and valuing on his own. Because I know for a fact he didn't, he wasn't involved in any of that stuff in New Orleans. And so that made it hard for him. I, I think in the end, if he would have had a seasoned, maybe assistant GM or somebody that had been around and had some, like I say, some skins on the wall, it would have made his job a lot easier. And I think he would have been much more effective. Did you reach out to him after you heard about the news or have you heard from him? No, I have not. I have not. I've talked to a couple other people in the league who have talked to him though. And I think he's just trying to figure out what his next steps are. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back in some place where he had been before, whether it's with Terry Fontenot in Atlanta or New Orleans. And I don't have anything to base that on. I'm just saying that's usually the way this works out. We all kind of take care of our own, so to speak. Do you think he'll ever be a GM again? I think that's a struggle for him. I think had he been on a shorter leash and, and maybe uh, uh, had not done it with one coach, but he had a chance to hire multiple coaches and that, that never works out. I don't think it's going to take a while. That's for sure. I think he's young enough where he should get, he could get an opportunity if he kind of goes back to the drawing board and gets some experience in some of these things we've talked about for sure. He's a very good person. And I, like I said, I think he's a very good evaluator. Just some of the other things he was missing as part of the deal, I think let him down. Randy, before we finish up today, last question. Did you steal signs from Bill Belichick and Nick Saban? <laughs> Nick and I used to laugh about this all the time. I stole enough signals where I knew exactly what he was doing. And I'll be, I'll be the first off. You could steal signals. That's not, that's never been against the law. That I've never been against the rules. You just can't video. them. <laughs> I remember one time going from Seattle, we were going to play the Browns in, in the playoffs. And I went specifically sat in the stands in old Brown stadium. And Nick was the defensive coordinator. And uh, we, we recorded a lot of signals back in those days. And those were all fun days. And I think we looked forward to some of that. It was challenging to, and when I say stealing signals, we were getting personnel groupings, things that you normally would get that are all have been part of football forever. Nothing against the rules at all. This was all, you know, just part of scouting back in those days and advanced scouting. And so, yeah, I, I might've done a little bit of that in my time. <laughs> Randy, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure to have you on a great insights too on this bears hiring and the GM process and how it all works out. And uh, looking forward to having you on again very soon. Really appreciate it. Thanks, John. Always good to be with you. Great talk there with Randy Mueller. And that'll do it for us today here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Randy Mueller himself, Pat Tubiel, WCKG, Jim DeTobin, to Marlboro Entertainment for making this show a success. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports and on Facebook at John Zagluel. If you want to watch more of this show, search up Sports Talk Chicago, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SportsTalkChicago.com. Another great show comes you with tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Till then, stay safe. So long, everyone. No! No! Where are the turtles?